This is CliffCentral.com. Let's turn our attention now to Anthea, who's got the latest for us in your money, our money, if you have any money. This is where you learn about it. She looks hard for the money. Yes, she does. So hard for it, honey. She works hard for the money, so you better put her life. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning, Gareth. <laughs> What's we were happening? Too much there. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, pretty messy week last week, I am afraid. Luckily for us, we did close slightly positive on the week, but we'll go through that in a minute. In fact, global markets are hitting all-time highs. The Dow Jones is now twenty-five thousand. Well, it was twenty-five thousand. It did have a bit of a retracement. Greatest levels the stock market's ever been at. The greatest, <laughs> most tremendous levels. <laughs> Winning. I can't stop the winning. (laughs) I want to talk about that, actually, because one of the things that we are very conscious of as asset managers is that the that the economy and the stock market is cyclical. And so invariably, you're bound to have a retracement at some stage, right? So we mm-hmm. don't know how deep it is. We don't know when it is. And so we just follow it. And so people, I must admit, people like me are getting a little bit nervous at the moment. We're sitting there going, Mm, we'll probably do a little bit of a retracement at some stage. You remind me of those um, those old people who say, <laughs> "Thanks." No, no, you know those old people say, "Every time you something good happens to you, there's something bad waiting around the corner." <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> it can't always be good. Well, those prophets of doom, you those people who say, "Oh, your life is just too good. There's something horrible's going to happen soon." <laughs> There's lack of wisdom in that, no? No. No? Okay, just negativity. No, but listen, historically we know this happens. And in fact, if you take a a look at the um, stock market charts, you'll see that the time to a retracement shortens. Mm. So, you know, every time there's a depression or a recession, the, the, the period between recessions actually gets shorter. But I actually don't want to talk about that too much. What I want to talk about is based on historic price earnings multiples, and this is where the reality of the fundamentals comes in because can you imagine a company that is making X amount in earnings and the share price goes up and up and up. That company can only produce so much in earnings before it hits a plateau, right? So it's not about historic and all. If it's, if it's always good, then there's something bad coming. It's about realistically what can they extract out of their product or their consumer base or their market share or whatever it is we look at that gives them these earnings. And the problem is, like in 1998, 99, remember the dot-com mm-hmm. era, is that everyone was going, this time is different because there was an explosion in tech and everyone was saying, well, this is not like your old style industrial companies or your car companies or your trains or whatever it was we were analyzing before. You know, it's the dot-com era. The world is going to change forever. And then what happened? The dot-bomb era. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. I'm saying just kind of we're a bit nervous. I think I think there is still value in a lot of companies, and this is what we do. We look at companies individually rather than just this kind of macro cyclical look. Um, the JSE hit 60,000 this week, closed above 60,000, just for the record, which it, it did hit 61 in November and then came back a little bit. So it's also fairly high. But I must admit, I think there's still a lot of value on the JSE. There are still a lot of... Shares trading at price earnings multiples, which 
really could be a lot higher than they are. I want to talk about that a bit because I want to talk about my stock picks for the year. But before I get there, I want to finish off last week. I mean, jeez, there was so much last week. And a couple of the big things. In one day, on Tuesday, Aspen was down 10%. Sure. The how next does, how day, does that happen? 10%? Uh, yeah. The next day, Resilient, <laughs> Nepi Rock Castle, um, and kind of all the other property shares were down 11, 12. It, it was a horrible week. And the reason for it is because there is speculation in the market that there is something called the Viceroy Report being released. Now, if you'll remember, on the same day that Marcus Eustace resigned, I think it was the 5th of December last year, mm-hmm. Viceroy, which actually is a media house acting as a research house, I think, um, released a report saying that Steinoff was a house of cards. And everyone's putting together the fact that Viceroy has suddenly come up to the party. I mean, they really have like 2,000 Twitter followers or something. They're a media house playing in... The investment space, shall we say, and the specul, and then they tweeted about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, they tweeted that they are looking to release another report on either a U.S., European, or South African company. I mean, it's you know, if you say a U.S., lots of companies there, European, I mean, lots of countries there, and South Africa, very specific. And one of the companies we know they're looking at is a U.S.-based pharmaceuticals company. And so everyone put two and two together and got five and started selling Aspen down. And Mm. the the criteria really for this report, they're saying if the company has high debt levels, if it is very acquisitive, made lots of acquisitions, um, lots of debt, um, then things are going to fall in a heap, basically. Um, Stephen Saad, who's the CEO of Aspen, came out and said, don't panic, here are my results, they're all fine, we're safe as houses. Um, uh, what's his name from Property Resilient? Des De Beer. He came out and they, he was very smart about it. He actually didn't say, oh, you know, this report is nonsense, we're safe. He just said, here's a trading update, have a look at my financials and you decide, which was very clever. Didn't really help, though. The share still closed 12% down on the week. Mm. So this viceroy is hanging over everybody's head. Everyone's worried about it. Can I just say, this is not new to the stock market. Viceroy, a media house purporting to be a research house, they cannot short shares. And you remember what shorting shares is, right? Mm -hmm. Selling a share that you don't own. So normally you would buy a share and when it rises, you want to take profit, you sell the share. If you don't own it, you can actually go short it. In other words, borrow it from somebody who does own it, pay them a small fee, and hope the share goes down. When the share does go down, you buy back your shares and give it to the guy you borrowed it from. There is a small um, intricacy in all of that, is that the guy you borrowed it from can at any stage recall the share. And so if you're short the share and he suddenly goes, sorry, I want my share back, shares back, no matter where the share is trading, you have to buy them back and give them to him. So there's a guy in the U.S., activist investor called Bill Ackman. I think we might have spoken about him before. Yeah, you've told me he, he, he goes to all the shareholders' meetings. That's right. And I, I think I might have said about him, the only thing bigger than his hedge fund is his ego. <laughs> right. Kind of, anyway, and he shorted a company called Herbalife. You know, mm, Herbalife, know, right? Yeah, yeah. He called them a Ponzi scheme, basically. He huh. said, <laughs> he put a billion dollar bet that this share would go down. 
he subsequently from as of I think November last year had to close the position because guess what the share went 50% higher so he's lost 50% of his billion dollars (laughs) okay so so the thing in South Africa and why everyone's reacting like this is because we our market is just too small to have activist shareholders and so this is new and now everyone overreacts and it is a dangerous game because the shares can go to zero, and especially if you're leveraged, you can lose more than the bet you placed. So, in the case of Bill Ackman, he was probably short and leveraged. Oh, <laughs> no, right? So he could not lo- good. He could not. He could lose multiples of a billion dollars. Right. And then the other thing that was very pertinent in our market because we just can't get enough of is Steinhoff. <laughs> We're still talking about it. Well, of course, it's probably the biggest crisis from a JSE listed company in a long time. I think maybe ever. Quite possibly. J.P. Morgan put out their results. The good and great J.P. American J.P. Morgan. Big bank, right? Mm -hmm. Released results last week said that they had um, crystallized a 1.7 billion rand loss related to one levered derivatives position. Word on the street. It Steinhoff. was a single stock future in so, Steinhoff. In other words, for those people who feel they were hoodwinked, so was the great J.P. Morgan. Absolutely. So uh, nobody, nobody knew anything except the people inside of Steinhoff, and they'll go to jail for it. We can only hope so. Hmm. I mean, Steinhoff is now a six rand twenty-two share at the beginning of December. It was a forty-five rand share, and a year ago it was over a hundred rand. <laughs> it's <laughs> just depressing, quite frankly. All right. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much shares. Um, can we talk about kind of the three topics? I want to talk a little bit about companies and where I think the value is on the JSC because I always deliver such negative news. <laughs> yeah, give us three companies that you think we should watch this year. Okay. The first one, Anglo-American. It's a little bit of a difficult one to buy because global commodities have had such a good run last year. And you know we were invested anyway, but I think right. it's still worth it because it's still trading fairly cheaply at a six times price earnings multiple. I think historically it's probably closer to high teens, low twenties. So at six, it's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. They have done exceptionally well to delever their balance sheet. So in June of last year, they said they were targeting a 6 billion euro net debt because you know, you know, they now report overseas. So mm-hmm. they report in euros, um, for December, but actually by June, they had already re- reached that 6 billion euros. I mean, granted, it is because of lower cap expense. So in other words, capital expenditure. Um, so they're not expanding, which is not great for us. But the fact that they've delivered their balance sheet and that they're saying they will pay out 40% of earnings um, means that they, because of this delivered balance sheet, they are now able to do that. There's a lot of speculation that there might be a special dividend coming. I don't think so. Not until at least the end of the year. But hmm. they are now paying dividends and we do like cash in hand. The other company I do like very much at the moment is Richemont. Um, I say very much. I just like it actually because it's another company that's been kind of traded into the doldrums, you know, from a hundred and twi- from a hundred and seventy or eighty last year, I think it was, mm-hmm. all the way down to eighty and now back up to one fifteen. I think it could easily get back up to over one fifty. And the reason I think so is because the global luxury goods market is suddenly picking up again. What they had before in at the end of 2016 was that 
uh, Richmond had to buy back watches that were stuck in this pipeline from Asian um, wholesalers because they couldn't get rid of it. So they weren't selling and the wholesalers were sitting on all the stock. And so Richmond said, okay, well, don't worry, we'll buy it back from you. So they've done that. I think they've spent a lot of money doing that. Um, also a lot of money doing a bit of a share buyback. The watches pipeline has now normalized. Jan Rupert's back at the helm, which whether you think that's a good thing or not, I'm not sure. But he surrounded himself with a fairly strong management team. And it seems to be working because they put out a trading update last week, which showed that things were back to normal. And on top of that, they're implementing a nice Internet business. So it just it just feels like things are coming together. You know, it's not huge. It's not ridiculously cheap like Anglo is, Mm -hmm. but things are coming together. All right. And one more. And then probably my most controversial pick for the year is Comair because oil, which is a big input into expenses in airline companies, is trading at a three-year high. But it, I do like it because, well, for so many reasons, um, really good management team. They're vertically integrated, so they're cost-saving. In fact, they bought the business that supplies the airline food um, for Kalula and British Airways. It's called Food Direction. Yes. And that will save them 37 million rand a year. I mean, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and so I just think from that point of view, like it, it's looking really good. They do have slightly lower cash on hand. They're not a great dividend payer, but to counter this, um, higher oil price, we now have a stronger rand, by the way. So that's not bad for them. And then also 20% of income is generated. From sorry, not income earnings is generated from non-airline brands because of this vertical integration. So they're not that dependent on putting bums on seats in aeroplanes, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that's I like. And then of course, don't forget, we've also got this impending lawsuit against SAA, which started out as an eight hundred odd million rand lawsuit. They were awarded five hundred and fifty-four million rand plus costs, which added up to one point one six billion rand. And SAA then went back and said, we're countering it. By the time it's all done, and I think it'll happen sometime this year, that amount of money that Comair will be awarded if the judgment goes in their favor is 1.9 billion rand. Quite frankly, don't you want to say to SAA, listen, guys, seriously, just pay the 554 plus costs and get away, get out of it. But no, they've just escalated and escalated. I think somebody once asked me if I thought SAA would be able to afford that amount of money and that of course is the big question well so there you go they just get government bailouts when they can't afford things exactly spot on there you go daddy comes and pays for everything like a spoiled rich kid did you say taxpayer daddy taxpayer yes that's us (laughs) yep very kind of you i know isn't it nice that we look after my commerce shares (laughs) i think that's a good call waiting for the taxpayer all right Thanks, Anthea. My pleasure. Looking forward to all the excitement on World Economic Forum coming up. That's the big thing. Okay. And then uh, we'll check in with you next Monday. Speak to you next week. Unless something devastating or fantastic happens. Indeed. We hope for fantastic. (laughs) Not devastating. All right. Anthea Gardner, everybody, with a quick look at the markets and some interesting stories and stock picks and what the hell's going on in the Viceroy report, which everybody in the know is talking about. Now you can be in the know as well. Thanks to Anthea. It sounds like you know everything. Isn't that right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is CliffCentral.com.